Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Animal Files. The last few shows, we have been dealing with the controversial subject of pit bulls and bully breeds. And we hope that you've gotten a lot of information and you've been able to come up with your own perceptions and your ideas, and hopefully we change them a bit, especially because these animals are so wonderful. This week, we got another little kind of controversial But I think it's a conversation that needs to be had, especially during this current environment. And that is the financial challenges that come with just living. But most importantly, because we are the animal files, pet care. So I'm going to let Miranda take over. Hopefully this will help you navigate this current climate. Take it away. (laughs) Many of us have really been feeling this crunch of inflation and the economic challenges that are currently occurring. And some of you may be more affected than others. More and more people seem to be struggling, I believe, as wages and salaries are often not keeping up with the cost of living. Now, some of you might be finding you only have to give up the frequency of items you enjoy regularly. Like maybe you can't go for Starbucks as often as you'd like. Some of you may have experienced job loss and difficulties with paying for your necessary expenses, such as rent or mortgage, utilities, and decent food. When I say decent food, I'm talking about healthy food and not the the crap food that you can get fairly inexpensively. (laughs) Yeah, well, of course, in some areas, some of that crap food is also getting expensive. Yes, it is. Everything is going up. It's going to come down, though. We have to have Mm -hmm. faith. It's going to come down once everything kind of settles down. We are still dealing with supply chalk and there's still companies that aren't full working processes because people are still getting sick or they lost people or they had to downsize or whatever. There's a lot of stuff that we're still navigating. So it's going to get better. I just want to put that in there because hope prevails. It's going to get better. Mm -hmm. But until then, (laughs) there's things that we need to do. (laughs) Well, and those of you with pets and children are going to obviously have additional challenges because it's not just yourself to take care of and worry about. So we're going to address some of these challenges, mostly to do with that last point. If you've been a regular listener of the Animal Files, you've probably noticed that we have been pretty hard-nosed about ensuring you can financially take care of your pets so that they can receive the food and health care they need to thrive. Mm -hmm. However, we do understand that sometimes things can come up and sometimes we have to modify what we're doing to some extent, both when it comes to ourselves as well as our pets. Food and the health care are the two biggest areas of concern when it comes to your pets, because these are the ultimate things along with dealing with their stress levels. But the two things that you actually pay money for is their food and their health care. Those are the biggest areas that are going to affect their ability to thrive. 
However, there are some other areas that may also need to be addressed. Things like if your city or town has licensing fees, replacement of supplies like dishes, toys, and that type of thing, having litter for your cat, if you need to get a professional training, prevention treatment like heartworm and things like that, or if you tend to have care for your pet during working hours, like a daycare or a dog walker, or maybe it might be something like grooming. So there's, there's a lot of these different aspects that could come into play when it comes to considering the costs for your pet. And that can be affected by your current financial situation. So the reason that we tend to be pretty hard-nosed about financially being able to care for your pet but still understanding that things can happen. But these are the potential consequences or choices that could be made as a result of financial challenges. Yeah, there may be some things you can compromise with, but there's a crap ton. Yes, I said it, a crap ton of stuff <laughs> that no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what your financial level is, you can't sacrifice the care of your pet just because. Oh, I don't need to pay for that. It's just a dog. No, no. We still stand by the you need to take care of your animal financially, regardless of the situation. So I want to say that we need to loosen up a little bit on that, because if we have a great reduction in the income we're coming in, a person is going to be limited to what they can do. They're, they're not going to be able to buy the highest quality food. Yeah. They may only be able to buy low quality food in their current situation. So compromises, compromises. Yes. But you can't sit there and say, I'm not going to do this because I'm going to buy McDonald's instead of giving my dog food. Yes. That yes. type of thing. <laughs> yeah, you do have to weigh your choices and decide do I really need to make this choice? Do I have any other options? Yeah. We're going to get into some of the options that you can look at if you happen to be in this situation. But some of the things that can happen when financial challenges come up is that people might reduce or completely avoid taking their pets to the vet, either due to financial loss or transportation loss. Some people will eliminate, reduce, or choose to buy cheap, questionable versions of medications. Some people might choose poor, low-quality food and supplies provided to their pets. So the supplies could mean that they're not as safe, or they might break easily, or they might have toxic chemicals in them and that type of thing. Some people do that even if they're not having financial challenges. So that's something to look at still. Mm -hmm. They might choose to avoid spaying and neutering procedures. Now that happened to some extent as a result of this whole two, three years that we've gone through just as a result of having limited access to the physical vet. But financially, that might cause some people to make that choice as well. Some people might choose to surrender or abandon a pet. Now, we will get into this a little bit more further along here. Some might choose to euthanize their pets if they cannot afford to pay for the medical treatment. Some other challenges that could occur because some hospital hours are limited, causing a person to have to take time off work in order to take their pet to the hospital might make them choose, well, either I'm going to lose wages to take this time off to take my pet to the vet, plus I'm going to have to pay for that 
time there. So they might choose that it's not worth it because they're already financially struggling. Yeah, that's a real challenge mm-hmm. because vets are what open till six o'clock, maybe in the afternoon, five o'clock, some places, you know, you got to work, especially mm-hmm. in this type of a climate. You got to make sure that the money's coming in. And there are a lot of people who work for organizations that don't allow personal days You know, there's a lot of people in this world that don't think animals are an excuse for taking a day off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's definitely issues in general that we might have to deal with in our society, because even things like where you lose a pet and you're going through grieving, people are more understanding when you've lost a family member, like a parent or a sibling, compared to if you've lost a pet. They often view it as, oh, it's no big deal. We know better. Yeah. So there's definitely challenges working in different business organizations when it comes to that kind of thing. Ultimately, for most people, I think that even when their financial circumstances change, I think that most of you would want to still stay together with your pets and not abandon them. However, sometimes this is not necessarily the best choice for the pets, depending on how dire your financial challenges are. Now, I've noticed that there are people, I've noticed it in my own city here, that there are people who have unfortunately lost their permanent shelter and their job, but have chosen to not give up on caring for their pets. And they might choose to not feed themselves in order to provide food for their pets. Sometimes they might ask people if they'll go into the grocery store to buy some food for their pet, but at the same time, choosing to keep their pets usually forfeits them from any temporary housing at building shelters. So then that means they're exposed to the elements. So sometimes there might be a choice that it might be better for the animal to have another home found for them. And that's probably the hardest choice that they would have to make. My thoughts here on this particular thing, I don't think anybody should have to give up their pet because of a shelter situation. I think shelters need to, if they're truly going to serve the homeless population and those that are homeless because of a job loss or, you know, being evicted or something like that, because it's really hard to get a house in a lot of cities or even like a studio apartment, it's hard to get. But these shelters, I think, need to put a little bit more Now, this is just my opinion, so don't come at me. It's my opinion. I can have it. (laughs) (laughs) The shelters need to provide facilities for people with animals. Right now, they're just buildings. And a lot of cities, at least in my country, the homeless shelters are so dangerous that people choose to be on the street because it's safer. Mm. That needs to be fixed. Same with emergency shelters and stuff like that. There needs to be some movement forward that helps families stay together, both four-legged and two-legged, both furry and non-furry. We're not doing that. We're just like, oh, here's a place to stay. Oh, we don't care that there's some person with mental illness sitting in the corner who's been threatening to kill everybody, but you can sit here with your kids. That's, that's not serving the homeless community. That's not serving the people who are homeless outside of their own control. Yes, there are people who choose to be homeless and they don't want a home. I get that. And there are people who with mental illness that, that don't have the skill level to 
be homeowners or find a home or find a shelter and be able to take care of themselves. There's a lot of things. I think the homeless issue is such a diverse and deep issue. But again, I'm going to stick to it. Shelters need to do more. The states, the cities, the villages, wherever your homeless shelter is, the province, you need to do more to help keep these families together. A person should not have to choose to give up their animal over getting shelter. That is just, I think, morally wrong. Again, my opinion. (laughs) I get that there are things that have to be considered for something like that to actually be able to work. And if you are somebody who is involved in shelters for emergencies or for people who are homeless, would you be willing to consider to at least have a conversation about it and look at if there would be a possible way to do this? I think there's always a way. Mm -hmm. It just takes cooperation and conversation Mm -hmm. and people to look towards humanitarian reasons for doing this instead of financial and let's just throw them in a building and forget about them. Mm -hmm. At least in this country, that's what happens a lot, especially in certain areas. They don't want homeless people, so they either ship them off to another state and they refuse to build low-income housing. Like I said, it's a very deep issue and there's so many dimensions to it, but I think there's a place where progress can be made and these people can maintain their families because families come in all different shapes and sizes. Yeah, I think here there's some buildings that are being created for these situations. I don't know exactly how they work and what is required for the people who stay there. But I also know that in the warmer times where people have tents or they've got like these sort of temporary camping areas that they stay at, a lot of the time they're getting kicked out of there. And they're basically not being provided. Like if they're trying to find a place to sleep and stay the city's generally not allowing them to Mm -hmm. because they keep getting kicked out of there because we don't want them to be seen, quote unquote. Yep. So we need to start viewing these people who are having these financial challenges and even the ones that are choosing to remain in that situation, they're still human beings. Yep. And I think that's the key thing. We need to remember they're still human beings. We don't need to treat them like they're the scum on the ground. Yeah. And that their animals are not family. They're just animals. Mm -hmm. No, that's their Mm -hmm. family. You know, I have a little family. It's just me, my husband, and Maisie. That's my family. And when I think about how I'm going to take care of my family, that includes the cat. She's not just a cat. She Mm -hmm. is family. And a lot of these people who don't want to live without their animals, if they lose their home, that's their family. Sometimes that's the only support structure they have. And that needs to be treated with care because we all need support systems. And there are some people who are all by themselves and all they have is their dog. And the fact that they have to choose their only support system over shelter, that's where I think we're missing the mark. Like that is Mm -hmm. just wrong. We should not take people's support structures away. Mm -hmm. That should be the last thing we do. And you can't sit there and say, oh, well, this homeless shelter is going to be your support system from now on. Get rid of the dog. Nope, 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 Mm -hmm. nope, nope. That's just not, I mean, I, I know it, like I said, this could be like a full podcast in its own, but you know, I think it's an important thing because homelessness is such a big issue right now. And again, most of it 
most of it, I would probably say a good like 73 to 75% of it are people who lost their homes outside of their own control. Mm -hmm. They lost their job. They got evicted from their apartment or their wages weren't going up and their rents keep going higher and higher and higher. And so they were basically forced out because they couldn't pay for it. Mm -hmm. Like that's the majority of the people who are homeless at this moment. And I just think we need to do more than that. But again, my opinion, my opinion, I'm going to get off the soapbox now because I think I've said enough. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Well, and before we go to our break, the last thing that we want to bring your attention to are some of the things that could cause financial stress and challenges if you're not prepared. And sometimes because of job loss and things like that, sometimes it just makes it into a situation where you can't be prepared. But up until that point, you can do as much as you can to try to be prepared for these things. So one of the things that people might not realize is that when they go to the vet and diagnostics are done, so these are tests that are used to help figure out what is going on with your pet. These can be up from a thousand to $3,000. You might have an idea maybe of what it might cost for humans. And you might say, well, it doesn't cost so much for humans. Well, humans can tell you what they feel, where the pain is, what symptoms they're experiencing, things like that. Animals cannot tell us this. So vets are completely reliant on diagnostics to be able to try to figure out what's going on. Some of it can be seen with the eye, but a lot of the time it requires blood work and urinalysis and all of those kinds of things to try to figure out what's going on. And then once you've had the tests done and you learn what the illness or physical challenge might be, the treatment itself can cost you $1,000 and up depending on the severeness of the illness or the injury. Yeah. And if this is maybe the first episode you've listened to and you have this feeling like, oh yeah, vets just gouge you and they charge you way more than they need to and all of that, I suggest that you go back and listen to one of our episodes where we talk about what goes into the vet costs, what they have to consider for their own costs before they even look at what they are charging for their services. And one of the treatments as well that could occur is that maybe there might be some kind of an ongoing medication. So let's say your dog gets diagnosed with diabetes. Well, diabetes is an illness that's not going to go away. They're going to have to be on medication for the rest of their lives. That can get expensive. Yes. So those are things to consider. Hopefully, if you're not so much in a financial situation, that's something you can consider now and try to prepare for. If you are already in a financial challenging situation, that's going to have some impact on the choices you make with your pet. Yeah. Again, this is a controversial subject. This is something that we're all dealing with right now in this current climate. We understand all of what goes into the thought processes. Personally, I could never give up my animal. I don't think I ever would. But at the same time, I know that there are things that are beyond my control. And when those things come to me, I'm going to have to do what I can with what I have. That's just what has to happen. 
But as long as we prepare, number one, you know, preventative stuff is always better than emergency stuff. I think it'll be easier for us to navigate going forward. And we won't feel so stressed. You know, again, the financial climate is going to get better. It's not going to keep getting worse. So I want to remind you to be positive, be optimistic. This is just a residual of what we had just gone through the last three years with this pandemic. We're still coming out of it. Companies had to downsize for years, and now they're starting to try to build up their companies back again to pre-pandemic. That takes time. We're also trying to do more things here in North America than having to go overseas for a lot of things. Right now, there's a lot of shipping issues coming from across the seas because of workforce shortages, oil shortages, you name it, even greed. So keep your eyes forward and don't worry so much. It will be okay. Take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your animals and just do what you can with what you have. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be tough, but it'll eventually be fine. You just have to look at it the right way. And again, do what you can with what you have. And with that little rant there, um, (laughs) we're going to take a quick little break and we will see you on the other side. Hi, everyone. We hope you've been enjoying season three. It's been a great couple of years so far. Moraine and I just want to take a moment and thank you all for joining us on this journey and listening each and every week. We've got lots planned for you this season. Great interviews, great topics, and we're even building you a home on YouTube. If you want to help us out and be the first in line, just head to YouTube, look for the Animal Files podcast and hit that subscribe button. Or you can just head to the website www.theanimalfilespodcast.com. Calm. Now that that's out of the way, let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back to the Animal Files podcast. We're talking about financial issues today. And before the break, we brought up all the different things that could happen, may happen, all the stuff that we all may be dealing with at this point in time during this current financial climate. So this half, we are going to talk about some of the options that you may have available to you. And I think this will be a really important part because these things you can start now. Remember how we were talking about preparing yourself? Well, this is going to help. So let's get going. What are our available options? So some of these options are things you could look at prior to being in a financial challenging situation, but some of them are intended if you are already in a financial challenging situation. And this is not an exhaustive list of the organizations that are out there that can help to support you. This is just a smattering of some of them. So we'll include the links for the ones that we are talking about in the show notes, as well as mentioning the website you can go to as we're talking. And if you wanted to explore further, this will just give you a jumping off point of other organizations that you could look for. And the effectiveness of these options are going to vary depending on your exact financial circumstances. The first one is called Pet Card. This is a veterinary financing program that exists in Canada. It's at petcard.ca. It does require a financial credit history. You can receive a pre-approved estimate 
prior to going to your vet. There is no cost to apply for the financing and it covers any veterinary treatment or item. So you can go to the website to get more details on that, but I just basically listed the main points that I think are important for you to know about that. Another one is called care credits. And I think might be what you have, Victoria. Yes, we use this in conjunction with our pet insurance. Mm -hmm. It's at carecredit.com. It's a credit card that is specifically for healthcare expenses, including pet healthcare. So it's not just for pets. Yes. And the good thing is with care credit, the reason why it's so good is it is interest-free. So you can choose how long you want it to be interest-free. Now, obviously, once that thing is done, all of that back interest is going to come on top of it. So it could get out of hand if you're not making payments. So let's just say you have a $1,000 vet bill. You can choose to have six months interest-free, 12 months interest-free, or 18 months interest-free. Obviously, the longer plan that you choose, the more interest is going to come on if you don't get that bill down. But at least it gives you time to make payments on the principal instead of always having to pay for interest fees and all that stuff that you do on a regular credit card. It makes it really great in that aspect. And that's what we do. We always try to do like the 12-month, the 18-month interest-free because that allows us to pay more on the principal up front so we don't get slammed with all the interest early on. Mm. So that's a good thing about care credit. That's good to know, to understand that the way that the financing works with that organization. Mm -hmm. Another organization is called Pet Fund at thepetfund.com. It's a nonprofit organization that provides financial assistance to owners of domestic animals in the United States who need veterinary care. The next one is Animal Lifeline in Pennsylvania, which is at animallifelinepa.org. Now, this is one of those ones where I say, you know, you might need to research to see if there's something similar in the area that you're in. But this is just an example of one of these kinds of organizations. It offers reduced cost spay and neuter services. They have a pet food bank that supplies food and other basic needs to low-income families, individuals that care for feral cats, as well as numerous shelters and rescues. The next one is as actually a Facebook group. So you do have to have an account on Facebook in order to be able to access it called the Alberta Pet Assistance Foundation. It is based in Calgary, Alberta. It offers free pet food and pet items, as well as accepts donations. And they help to provide a connection to services that exist within Alberta. So it's more of a resource for information, but it does give you access to places where you can get some free food and items if you need it. And I would think there's a lot of places that have something similar. So like Miranda said, most likely make sure that you go and and do some research and you may find something in your area. Mm -hmm. The next one is called feeding pets of the homeless, which is at petsofthehomeless.org. It is a national nonprofit providing pet food 
and emergency veterinary care to pets being cared for by people who have become homeless. I just want to clarify, is this national? Is that a U.S. national, Canadian national? Do you know? I believe that this organization is only in the United States. But again, you can do a search and see if there might be some other organization that has a similar intention in your area. Okay. The next one is called Pets for Life. This one's a little bit of a longer website, so you might need to go to the show notes to make sure you got it accurately, but it's at humanesociety.org slash issues slash keeping dash pets dash life. It's part of the Humane Society of the United States. And its intention is to help to increase equity and access to pet resources, such as spaying and neutering surgeries, veterinary care, and other services and supplies. The next one is Align Care. And this one's also a bit of a complicated website as well. It's P as in Peter, P-P-H-E dot U-T as in Tom, K dot E-D-U slash Align Care. And Align is spelled A-L-I-G-N. It is a new program out of Michael Blackwell's program for pet health equity. And it is trying to create a national model of something like Medicaid for domestic animals. Oh, I love that idea. That's an amazing idea. So I don't know how effective it is at this point and how much they're able to offer at this point. But it is just something that you can look into. Yeah, it's in its early stages. Yeah. And perhaps if you are one of those people who are not financially struggling, but you love animals, maybe it might be an organization that you would be interested in supporting in order to make things a little bit better for other people who might be having some financial challenges. Now, those are organizations. Now, here are some other things that you can consider looking into to see about getting resources and information that might support you through this challenging time. You might be able to utilize your pet insurance if you have been paying into it for a while already. You could consider raising money through a crowdfunding platform such as GoFundMe or Waggle. Waggle is W-A-G-G-L-E. Waggle is a pet dedicated crowdfunding platform that directs money to your pet's verified veterinarian and is at waggle.org. The neat service. Mm -hmm. The Humane Society of the United States is a site that provides many other resources for those who are having some financial challenges. You can find it at humanesociety.org slash resources slash are you having trouble affording your pet? There's a lot of different pet food banks that have cropped up and are being offered in various communities to help support people who are having a challenging time right now. And I just want to remind everybody that all of these links will be in the notes. We are giving you a lot of information here, lots of websites, but they will all be in the show notes. So make sure you go there and check because you'll have access to all of these. And we will eventually put all of these on our website as well at the animalfilespodcast.com. So if you didn't get a chance to write all of this stuff down, never fear. We got your back. Mm. Promise it'll all be on the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> this is also why we tend to recommend that you have notebooks with you when yes. you listen to our episodes. <laughs> 
Yep. And if you go onto a website, you can look at merchandise. You actually can buy a notebook that is Animal Files branded. So you always have it at hand. <laughs> so some of you might have a veterinary college that is not too far away from you. And some of these colleges might have programs that provide emergency vet care for those who are financially struggling. Also, many vet schools will offer low-cost clinics for limited income clients. Other things to consider is that if you have a good relationship with your vet, and this is why we also talk about many times creating a, a relationship with your vet and not just randomly showing up just because something happened you just suddenly need to have your pet looked at for some reason and your vet has not had an opportunity to get to know your animal or you in the previous times. So if you'd have a good relationship, talk to them about whether it's possible to negotiate a payment plan. If they feel you're trustworthy, then they might agree to that. Yeah. And some vets also have donation pools that can help with vet costs for people who need them. So look into that again. Have a good relationship with your chosen vet because they may offer these services. Mm -hmm. Depending on what kind of treatment your animal may need, you might have the option to find lower cost treatment options or vet clinics that offer lower costs. A lot of the time, for example, if you go to smaller towns, they might have lower costs than those vets who are in a big city. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a purebred dog, there are some breeders who also might offer some type of assistance if you purchased through them. Look at your state's or province's financial resources because most likely there will be at least a couple that support people with low income or temporary financial stress. So we gave you a lot of different ideas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just a bit. But again, it's our way. It's what we do. <laughs> and we want to support you. We And we want to support your animals. So our intention with giving you all of those options is to really hopefully have you be able to utilize one of them if you are in need. But please don't take advantage of them. <laughs> They're there for the people who truly need them. Yes. But I think most of these organizations will do uh, some kind of a check to make sure that you are oh, I'm sure of it. in a, a financial stress situation. So don't get upset if they ask you for things like, what is your monthly income or something like yeah, that? Yeah, don't get freaked out if they're asking you for things that you might think are personal. They need to vet you. They need to make sure that you really need it. So you can do your part in helping them help you. Now, when it comes to choosing food for your pets, if you are currently financially challenged, ultimately, we want your pets to be able to receive the best quality food that they can receive. However, if you're in a position that you can't do that, then it's definitely better to provide your pets with the lowest quality or cheapest food you can get if you're really, really struggling to do that rather than to starve them. Yeah, we don't want you to get high quality food, feed that until it runs out and then don't feed them until you can afford to get another bag of the high quality stuff. Yeah, I'm sure there's not a lot of people out there that would do that. Probably not, but I just wanted to. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it because you never know. You never know who's listening. Just like for us humans, it's better to eat McDonald's than to eat 
high quality organic food. But at the same time, you don't want to keep doing that. Only do it temporarily until your circumstances get better. And then you do Mm. what you can to slowly get better food for both yourself and for the animal. Yeah. Just like with most things, consistency is usually the best. Just another example, like even with exercise, if you find it hard to do an hour of exercise every single day or doing certain types of exercise every single day, it would still be better to do five to 10 minutes of some kind of movement or something, even if it's just going for a short walk, to do that on a daily basis rather than just doing one big lump of thing once a week. Consistency just usually works better. Also, if you have become unable to take your pet to the vet, either due to cost or because you no longer are able to get to the clinic because maybe you couldn't afford your vehicle payments and so now you no longer have transportation, one of my suggestions is to become as well-versed as possible in how to protect your pets from injury and illness to reduce the chances of needing to go to the vet. But you might have to ask for support on this, meaning that you want to try to get quality information. Dr. Google can be okay to a certain extent, but you have to know where you're going because there's a lot of garbage on the internet, but there's also good information on the internet. As well as when you're speaking to people, there can be good information and there can be not so good information. So become as well-informed as possible, and that will help to minimize your chances of needing to take your pet to the vet. But again, if they do need to, and you have trouble with transportation, maybe you can ask somebody to help you with taking you to the vet. Or if it's a cost situation, again, you've got all those suggestions that we just made previously. We've got a few other recommendations for you that could help you with dealing with your current financial environment. This might seem very analytical or or something that maybe you don't really have that much interest in, but it's going to help. It's going to (laughs) help. So one thing is to make a list of all your current expenses regarding your pets, no matter how small it might seem. Even if it was like you bought a tag for their collar or whatever it might be, just write everything down. This helps to bring your awareness of what you are spending on and gives you a a broader look at what is really necessary and what is not so necessary. Look at your credit card statements, bank statements, and receipts to see where you've paid for something connected with your pets. Identify those things which are absolute necessities for your pets. Then after that, identify which things are beneficial for your pets, but are not necessities. So something like doggy daycare, for example. The last thing is identify which things you have paid for for your pet that are nice to have, but are really not that important. For all of those things that are necessities, investigate if there are ways to reduce your costs without compromising your pet's health and safety. So for example, you might be able to buy bulk food, bags, or litter, or you might be able to use credit card or loyalty points towards purchases. For some of the other costs that you are incurring regarding your pets, and this could actually be done for your personal stuff too, not just your pets, but- I was thinking that as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, this will work for people too. (laughs) (laughs) Animals are people too. So there you go. Yes. (laughs) 
haven't said that in a short little bit. (laughs) For the other costs that are not necessities, are there some things you are paying for that you could maybe do yourself or that a friend or a family member or a neighbor might be willing to help with? For example, dog walking or grooming or something else. You might have like a neighborhood kid who would love to take your dog for a walk. You need to make sure that they can manage your dog, that they understand the responsibility and that they know how to properly interact with your dog. But that is something to consider. You could also maybe get creative by making your own toys or enrichment items. So, you know, for cats in particular, they can be pretty simple in that you provide them with a box or tinfoil balls <laughs> and they can be pretty happy with those kinds of things. Yeah, there are some cats that you just crumple up a piece of paper and they're just happy. As yeah. They're just happy. <laughs> so you don't always have to get the fancy stuff. You could also sew toys for them. If you want to make toys for them, just make sure that there isn't going to be bits and pieces that they could end up swallowing or having any toxic parts to them. Or you can do what I do. If they have toys and they rip them apart, just sew them up. (laughs) I do surgery on my cat's toys all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing you could look at is maybe explore some other ways that you could bring in a bit of extra money. And I'm not talking about get rich quick schemes. But for example, maybe you could sell things in your home that you don't really need, or maybe you might be able to find some kind of a side gig that is legitimate. (laughs) Definitely. And we already kind of talked about this, but if you are really, 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 really having trouble with your finances and you are not sure about your pet's care, really consider long and hard whether you truly cannot afford to care for your pet. Because as we said, in some situations, it may be better for them to have another home found for them. And I know that's difficult to hear, but there are some times where what you have is just does not afford you to take care of two beings or three beings, or if you have kids, you know, I mean, it's a sad thought. And we hope that it never gets to that point. Hopefully some of the stuff that we've talked about today, you can implement and you can do to avoid the situation. But we know that that sometimes it can get really, really, really difficult just to survive. And taking care of an animal can be really expensive. I know they can be support structures. Like I said earlier in the first half, I would never give up my animal. But I would also do everything I could to make sure I never had to. So hopefully this podcast will help you be able to set yourself and your pet up for success. No matter what comes at you. Finances are going to go up and down. It's just the way the world works. Economies are going to go up and down. Just how the world works. Bills are going to get more expensive. They're going to get cheaper. They're going to get expensive. They're going to get cheaper. It's just how things work. So the best way to make sure that you are fully prepared and that you don't have to worry about this last problem would end up being one of the most difficult decisions you ever had to make in your life is to do everything you can right now to make sure that you and your family stay protected, stay safe, and stay together. Because ultimately, that's what we want. We want your family to stay together, but we don't want you to stay together at the expense of you or the animal. 
That's the most important thing because those animals, they matter. They're not just to make you feel better. They're a living, sentient being that needs to be able to thrive. And if they're just surviving, you're causing so much stress. And what's going to happen with that stress is you're going to end up with a sick animal. And then it's going to end up being this downward spiral where they're going to get sick. And then you're going to have to go to the vet or you're going to, they're going to suffer or it's just going to make it more expensive in the long run if you're not taking care of yourself and your animal right now. That's my final thought. Mm. Yeah, this again, this is a lot of information, but you know, we tried to keep it as focused on what we felt was going to support you the most. And, you know, hopefully none of you that are listening to this might even have to implement any of the things that we suggested. But, you know, there might be somebody who listens soon after we publish it, and maybe it might be another year or something, then somebody might come across this and find the information useful. So that's our intention is to really try to support you, really try to support your animals and help everybody to thrive. Yeah. So if you have any questions, you know, we're always available to you. Just go to the animal files podcast at gmail.com, send us an email, or you can just go to a website. Like I said, all these resources will be up there eventually, but they'll definitely be in the show notes. And the website is the animalfilespodcast.com. And on the website, you will see all the links to all our socials. So you can get to us through there as well. And if you like what we do and you want to support us, there's a donation button. And there's also a Patreon that we're trying to build. And you can buy merch. So those are the ways that you can support the Animal Files going forward. And share this this is an important topic. All of us are dealing with the same issue all around the world. There's financial issues all over the world currently. So share it out and maybe we can help somebody or a hundred somebodies or a thousand somebodies. So I guess that's it for today. I believe so. All righty. Thanks for joining us and we will see you next time on The Animal Files. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.